You're listening to This Life Explains It All. With the creators of Vera, your guide for navigating a conscious life. We're Stefania Romeo and Catherine Griffiths. This Life Explains It All was created out of belief that our life experience is our greatest teacher. And as soul sisters and intuitives, we've spent the past decade completely obsessed with better understanding our minds and our bodies, all while running a mile a minute with busy careers as leaders in the tech startup world. On this podcast, we are bringing you the insights and lessons that have changed our lives with the thought leaders, healers, and dreamers behind them. We're discussing wellness practices, healing methods, and experiences that get us to think differently about life and live empowered. Whether you want to uplevel your health, your career, your relationship, or are going through changes to your life path, this information can help you get there and let you know that we're right here with you. We believe life isn't meant to be lived linear, and no matter where you are right now, you're right on time. Hey guys, it's Stefania and Kat. Welcome to This Life Explains It All, Vera's podcast. We're bringing you an episode this week where Catherine and I are continuing a really important discussion. We're recording this on June 4th and with how quickly things are changing every day and a new information coming into our sphere, we thought it important to note that this week while we're recording this episode is a week where a lot of us are opening our eyes in a new way. We're opening our eyes even bigger on the very real ways that Black women and men in this country are treated unfairly, unjustly, and the deeply rooted systemic issues and structures that contribute to all of this. This week, it seems like on Instagram, yesterday was Blackout Tuesday, and all this week, a lot of us are refraining from posting outside of amplifying Black voices and sharing helpful content to reflect in this time. We hope that that conversation continues and that it doesn't stop with the great focus that's happening this week. And so while we know this episode will come out next week, this is our small part in continuing this conversation and making this a part of the way that we live our lives. Catherine and I are privileged white women, and we're going to talk a lot about our reflection during this time do we have a right to say anything? But I think through all of this, we've realized that we need to say something and we might be wrong and we might get corrected and that's okay. And we're going to take that with grace. So want to share that with you guys as we jump into this conversation. In this conversation, we're going to reflect on how this has been for us, what we've learned from the situation, what we could have done better, but then also sharing some really great tips that we've found from the Black community online. So Kat, what do you feel like has been like an aha for you during this that's going to help guide you on what you can do differently? I think the biggest reflection and aha moment for me has been that although I don't feel in the way that, like basically I don't feel racist. I feel like I'm accepting of everyone. I see everyone as human and that's how I feel personally and that's how I've always felt. But my biggest reflection is that although it's actually just not enough to feel that way and I actually have to take action and I haven't taken 
any action in the past. You know, even if I did say something, I may have stayed quiet or not said anything, but I guess I just wasn't fully aware of it and I didn't take action and I should have been more involved in these topics and these issues. And that has been my biggest aha moment. Yeah, I totally agree. It's like for me, and I think this is kind of what you're saying, it's like, it's not enough simply Mm -hmm. to not be racist. It's not enough to treat everyone equally. We have to actually Mm -hmm. do something. We have to say something. One thing for me that I'll add on to that, that I've realized is, you know, I mentioned this a minute ago, but it's like so many times in this space and really in others as well. So now I'm really reflecting on that. Like I, I haven't really stood up and said something or acknowledged like when I noticed a microaggression happening or when I noticed something that was a little bit more nuanced happening. It's like, oh, I don't know if it's going to make people uncomfortable if I address that or say anything or even ask someone if they're okay. It's better to just ignore it. It's not happening. If we don't believe it's happening, it's not happening. I can just be, you know, I'm going to act how I think everyone should act. And Mm -hmm. then that will just, you know, (laughs) radiate. And to a degree, like, yes, that's part of it too. But I haven't had uncomfortable conversations. Mm -hmm. I haven't really like asked someone how they were, if I noticed something like that, or even just noticed that there weren't enough seats at the table by Black men and women. I think you and I have seen that a lot because we have done so much hiring, especially in our time at BuzzFeed. I think like we spent probably one full year, like all all of our (laughs) meetings were just interviews because we were hiring a huge team. But I feel like I look back on that and I remember like there were not many Black candidates in the pool. I think maybe there was one and I'm not knocking any individual person because I think it's so much more systemic, but I feel like I could have said, Hey, like, why don't we see more minorities? Why don't we see more black women and men in this hiring pipeline? What can we do? And I didn't do that. Yeah, I completely agree. I think looking back, I wasn't even thinking about it. Like I wasn't thinking, Oh, this is even a problem. I I think that my awareness was just not there at the time. And now it is, but I just, yeah, I guess now that you say that, that's true. There weren't any Black candidates. One of the things that I've been thinking about, like when this came to be, we're going to talk about some of the real tips that allies can do and use. So we're going to get to that in a second. But one of the things I wanted to talk about a little bit is hiring because I don't know, for some reason, when all of this stuff started coming out, when I started thinking about like, what could I do better and what could I have done better? I just automatically went to hiring because during my time in the corporate world and startups, when I was at BuzzFeed, when I was at Uber, that was such a huge part of my role and yours too, I know at at BuzzFeed because we had the same job. (laughs) But But I feel like my mind immediately went to hiring. Like it was one of those things where it's just like a thought or idea pops in your head. You don't know where it's coming from, but it's just like, light bulb, like that's where you could have made a big difference. And that's where you can make a big difference in the future. Mm -hmm. We don't have any employees yet aside from ourselves at Vera, but that's certainly going to be something that I know that we prioritize. But I've been thinking a lot about hiring because I think that if you are a hiring manager, if you are a manager of teams, if you are in recruiting, 
make this not just a diversity and inclusion initiative, but like, how do you actually make this part of the way that you build a great team and totally ingrained? And if you're not seeing diverse candidates, if you're not seeing black women and men in your candidate pool, go take action and do something. So I think that hiring, because I think that everyone is going to have their own unique way that they can contribute to helping, Mm -hmm. you know, no matter what type of work you're in, but that was something that really stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think hiring is a great way, especially if you have your own business like we do, then we have control over that piece of it. And we can really be part of that and set an example for how we hire and how we change that. And it's not just, like you said, it's not just a checklist. Like, okay, here's the, you know how we're diversifying. Yeah. One thing I wanted to mention, and maybe this sounds controversial, I don't know. But again, with like the hiring thing came to my mind, it's like hiring, that's going to be your thing that you can do better, was also this idea that like, I mean, I'm just speaking from my heart and like, I don't want this to come off in a way that is offensive or I don't know. But again, in the spirit of just saying what I feel and if I get it wrong, I'll be corrected and I'll take that with grace, is it is more difficult. Like, Black men and women do not have the same opportunities as white men and women. Mm -hmm. And that is just a fact. And to the same degree, the opportunities look different and it starts before you're even born. It starts before your life even starts on this earth. Mm -hmm. So because of that, you may not see, I don't know, in your candidate pool, in your hiring, in whatever the initiative is, in the black community, the same like level of what we think of as like the formal credentials in that community. And I think that we need to look beyond that. And one thing that I learned from our hiring at BuzzFeed, because we did so much hiring and at that time we were younger and that was like our first experience doing hiring at that scale. And we kind of like didn't really have a rubric. We were just kind of like, we hired a lot off of ambition, off of energy, off of drive versus off of credentials. And while we just talked about there could have been a lot more Black candidates in the pool, I think we can look to that approach in thinking about like, how can we create more diversity? So basically my point here is when you're hiring, how can we think about, because I personally believe that this is the way to do it. How do you hire for drive, hire for potential, hire for ambition versus hiring for credentials? Because not everyone has the same opportunities, not everyone has had the opportunity to go to an Ivy League school to pay for that prep school that filters into the Ivy League community. Like not everyone has that opportunity and it has nothing to do with intelligence. Mm. It has absolutely nothing to do with intelligence. Yeah. I think that's how I've always hired anyway. Yeah, I think it's just, I don't really care about that kind of stuff. I think it's important for a certain jobs, I guess, but I think it's more about is this person going to come in? Can you help them? Can you coach them? Can you mold them? Are they coming in with a fresh set of eyes that is so much more important than credentials? Like who are they? What's your character? Are you going to add to the team? Are you going to share your ideas? Are you going to be bold? Yeah. I mean, this is one of the things that has really helped build my empathy over the years for people who have less opportunity or for minorities that have different struggles and challenges for people of lower socioeconomic groups that have different challenges because I've felt this. And so if I feel this, because I did not go to an Ivy League school and when I reflect, and then as I continued in my career, I was exposed to and worked with 
a lot of people who went to Ivy League schools and they owned that as such a big part of their identity. I remember when I first started working at Uber and I was, you know, almost 30 years old. I was in my later 20s and that was the age group of the people around me. Everyone was talking about where they went to school and their college. And I'm like, I don't really identify with that for me. I identify with the things I did afterward, which is just me. But I remember thinking, huh, everyone around me went to an Ivy League school and they're still talking about it. And it's such a big part of their identity. Like, oh my God, should I have done that? Like at the time when I was making that decision, I didn't even realize that that was a thing for me. My guidance that I got when I was younger, when I was choosing colleges was, please don't go so far away from home. Like just pick a school that's around here. Mm. And that was like literally what I was groomed for to like not leave home Yeah. versus the grooming that I think a lot of other people have gotten that have been in my sphere of like, you got to go to this prep school, then you got to get into this Ivy League school, then you're going to be in this circle, then you're going to have all these connections, then this is going to be your network. And it's just like, I was able to, from being on the other side of that, have this like be able to grow my empathy because I realize those types of things are a lot of times not about the individual person. A lot of times those are about what environment are you born into and what are you being bred for? And a lot of people don't have that same, I don't know, they don't come from a place where like that is prioritized or that can be prioritized or paid for. And it has nothing to do with your intelligence and it has nothing to do with your potential. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's move on to one of the tips, I think. So what can we do right now? And one of the things that we've gathered from some videos that we were watching online is that it can start within our immediate groups. Like who are our group of friends? If it doesn't have to be this big thing, we can start with our groups, with our family, with our friends. So be that vocal person and don't be afraid to say something And just like going back to the self-reflection, just connect with yourself on what you actually care about. What are your views and what feels really authentic to you? And then say that. And that's not even just about this issue. That's about anything, right? Like it's like you should do that anyway, but just connect with yourself and connect with your point of view on this topic and just be that voice. And others will respect you first of all, and follow your lead as well. So just using your own life as that start. Yeah. So these are a few tips that you may have seen in a video that we reshared from Everly Brooks. Mm -hmm. There's so much content out right now, but this one really resonated with us and we wanted to talk about it and share on it because we thought it was such a great example of how every single person can be an ally, regardless of the size of your platform or or anything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So the first one was on self-reflection. So that's why Kat and I talked about our own self-reflection. So then this part now that Kat's talking about comes after you've done that self-reflection, how can you act? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how can you act? I think, and I think a big thing here is family because family can tend to have different, especially if you're going back to like grandparents, they can tend to have different views from this generation. So thinking about how you're going to have that conversation with your family who may have more conservative views or, you know, old school views. And just, again, just really reflecting and being really strong in what you personally believe in and asking yourself those questions. Like we were just talking about before, how would my life be different if I were Black? How would my life be 
different if I didn't have all of the same opportunities? So asking yourself those questions to kind of get that thoughts, those thoughts moving and being able to have those conversations with your groups. Yeah. One thing that I've been noticing coming up a little bit, especially in conversations with previous generations, you know, I won't get into specifics, but is this kind of reaction to, you know, say, Catherine, you or I initiated a conversation like this with someone in our parents' generation. Something that I've been hearing a little bit that I think maybe is is worth talking about is this reaction that is proving that they're not racist, proving that, well, see, no, I do this. But I think the thing is like, it's about so much more than that. Like these conversations are not about, and even if you're on the other side of this conversation, it's not about, well, yeah, I get that. But see, I'm not racist because of X, Y, Z, or see, I'm not this because of CBD, whatever. But it's like, I heard this once before in the context of performance reviews, actually. And I think a lot of us are getting a performance review of sorts right now, but it's like, someone's experience of you, whether something you do, something you're not doing, that is reality. Like that is their reality. So if someone gives you constructive criticism, if someone gives you feedback on something that maybe you can do differently, take that with grace. Like just take that and and reflect on it and think about it and resist the urge to prove or say, well, I'm not that because of this. Because it's not about, again, like you said, Kat, like it's not about I'm not racist. It's about what are you doing to change it and how can you build more empathy? Mm -hmm. Do you notice that? Like, have you seen that in any conversations where there's a reaction of defensiveness? I guess that was the word I was looking for, defensiveness. Yeah, definitely. I think it's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm doing this. I think it's just like we talked about earlier, like it's not enough to not do much. Like we really have to come all come together and take action the people that I'm friends with and the people that I have in my life are aligned with us and they want to make a change. So, and they, they want to stand up and they just, people want to figure out what is the best people want to, that I, in my groups want to educate themselves and find out what they can do. Yeah. One thing I think that maybe we can do on this one is because I think you and I talk a lot. We're like, we want this to be, you know, just part of our lives, like not part of like some special week where everyone's focusing on it and then their attention goes somewhere else. But sometimes when you're starting a new kind of like habit, if you will, like just like you said, you've talked about this in other podcasts, Kat, like it takes 21 days to form a new habit. Maybe you note every single day, like what's one way or here's the one way that I'm going to bring this up in conversation and do that every single day. That might look like, I'm just kind of like spitballing here, but that might look like, you know, at dinner, like, hey guys, like what's one way that we can elevate a black voice today? hey, what's one way that we can vote with our dollars and support Black-owned businesses today? Or like, hey, am I going to do that today? Yes. Make a check. And that will start a habit that then it will just like become part of your life and you won't have to make it so structured. But I think for me, that's something that I'm going to do and say every single day, how am I either going to start a conversation or have a conversation around this and or put my money where my mouth is and support. For me, like my favorite way to support is by supporting business owners and supporting, you know, entrepreneurs, coaches who are in the black community. And so I'm going to hold myself accountable to that. And maybe it will look like a checkbox for 21 days and then become part of my 
regular routine. Mm -hmm. Do you have any examples of defensiveness that you've gotten that you've received? Yeah. Well, yeah, just the one I was saying. So I was talking to someone in my life who's a bit older and said, well, see, no, I do all these things. So I'm not, Mm -hmm. but it's so much bigger than that. And it's not about, you know, thankfully I don't have anyone in my life who is a blatant racist or not supportive of this movement going on. But I think that the other thing that I see, because I do, my hometown is a place where some of the, a lot of the political views do not match mine. And there's a lot of, can't we all just get along? Can't everyone just, you know, kind of just this wanting to like smooth it over. And I think I'm guilty of that a little bit too. Like the, can't we all just get along? No, like this is actually a time where like we have to like roll up our sleeves and actually do something so that something changes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the third tip or step that we pulled from Everly that we thought would be great to talk about is around looking at your business whether you are an employee at a business, whether you have hiring responsibilities or not, or whether you have your own business, or even like Catherine and I, we have our own business where we don't have other full-time employees yet, but we work with a lot of different vendors um, and a lot of different service providers as part of our business. So look at that. I mean, even you can look at that in the service providers that you hire in your life or different kind of freelancers, if you will, that you hire in your life. Are you hiring any black men and women? For us, we're going to make it a point to have even more Black women and maybe some men. Our audience, we tend to have more women guest hosts on the podcast, but more Black women and men on our podcast. And when we have the opportunity to purchase editing or anything like that, that we, you know, we won't go through all of the expenses that we have, but uh, when we have the opportunity to bring on a new vendor, we're going to be making it a priority to include the Black community in that. Kat, what do you think about this one? Yeah. I mean, you kind of just said what we're going to do, but yeah, I think that it's, like I said earlier, I think it's so important to be aware because in the past when I was hiring throughout my career, I wasn't aware and I wasn't looking. And now my eyes are open and it's been a big aha moment that I wasn't even aware, like even just that first piece that I wasn't looking. So that's something that with us starting a business that I'm really passionate about making sure, you know, not just for checking a box, but because there's so much more talent out there that we can tap into that it's not just white or, you know, whatever. I think that that's the key. There's so much more that we can do to find those people and reach those people and also hear their stories on their podcast, listen to, you know, different ways that they have started businesses, how we can support their businesses on the podcast. So, yeah. And I think that with that, like, differentiating. And this is a big one that I've kind of realized as well. Also like working in San Francisco for so long, like there's a difference between blanket like minorities and black men and women. So let's prioritize black men and women as part of this movement. Like I think that almost maybe 90% of the time when we have used a vendor or partnered with someone, it actually has been a minority. Our podcast producer is Malaysian from Singapore. Our others that we've worked with for our events from the Asian community. I think that like we've always worked with um, minority business owners, minority service providers, but I think black men and women Let's not blanket that and say, okay, we work with minorities. How many Black men and women are within that? 
So we know we are not the authority on this topic, but we thought it was really important to continue the conversation. We hope that this conversation is continuing the week that this podcast comes out at the same magnitude that it is the week that we are recording it. And we want to be there for our community and we want to hold ourselves accountable. So we hope that sharing some of our experiences, some of the tips that we found on Instagram that we feel like are really helpful and the ways that we're going to hold ourselves accountable are helpful to you. And we just want to call out again, those three tips that we shared today on being reflective, using your own group as your first point of kind of change and holding conversation, and then looking at your business. We want to thank Iverly Brooks, where we pulled those from as she so graciously created this content to share with allies this week. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or share it with a friend and hit subscribe so you never miss a show.